What is up, dudes? It's Super Kick Weekly time. Super Kick Weekly. The brand Big VOT. We're actually weekly, man. Uh, we made it two weeks in a row. I can't. Congrats to us. It was a little Barry Horowitz pat on the back there. <laughs> yep. In honor of amazing. What were we last Meister. week? Randomly. <laughs> yeah, I, I believe I believe we you settled in on Super Kick whenever, which is yeah, I think perfect. Whenever. <laughs> it's whatever we feel like it. Damn it, you know we're not a slave yeah. to the system. We'll get there. That's what that's what people got to understand. All right. Yeah. Like we ain't. We ain't about that. We ain't about that life. Yeah. But uh, Big Vito T, my man, what is up, dude? Oh, you know, it's uh, not much is going up, actually. What's going down? What's going down with you? Well, there's a lot going down. Busy every single day with kids' sports or something like that, you know. So it's been hectic, but we squeezed in this show. Uh, the theme of this show is going to be to go back in time, if you will. Ten years. Yeah. And man, what can change in ten years? We found that out oh, watching this show. Oh, uh, we went back oh. in the time machine ten years to, to see what WWE was like ten years ago. And kind of try to contrast and compare uh, as far as today. So, yes, that is the meat of the show. Who knows? Remember where you were 10 years ago? Uh, I do. What was a 2013 brand like? This was the year I went to my first WrestleMania. So, pretty, pretty monumental. So, watching this show that took place like six months later is quite a uh there's so many we got at least uh oh all right momentary loss for read i'm back we got at least two complete burials on this show uh (laughs) of guys that were uh you know thought to be on their way up thought to be made men at the time just six months earlier and you know we'll get into get into all that as it would be but uh you know uh let's see here let me do this okay so yeah night of champions 2013 this card took place roughly 10 years ago uh this month in wwe and uh you know like like you're saying just all kinds of changes uh Vito my man you've got uh some random facts pulled up about the show do you want to go over those now or should we just kind of do them as we go along here um let's do them as we go along and then at the end I'll do the hard facts of how many people and where and when and Sweet. how but I got some notes throughout well I do know this was in Detroit yeah. Uh, which will be a very interesting uh, note, a very interesting uh, Easter egg. So stay tuned for that. 
uh, as far as the Joe as, Lewis Arena, as far as the Detroit tie-in. Yeah, there you go. The uh, attendance says ten thousand five hundred. You know, did you notice? I mean, in I don't w- know where that lies in the Joe Lewis Arena, but if you know, then there you go. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's pretty much, I mean, it's a smaller arena, I think, but I, I, I don't know the hard the hard stats on that. I noticed they did have yeah. the crowd lit weird, but the red and blue lights, um, and then there were some areas that were completely black, so I wondered, like, were there just, was there just no one in the crowd in those sections, or, you know what I mean, like, I, I wondered I didn't what notice the deal what was. the crowd looked like. I did notice that they were a shit crowd for most of the night. It really seemed like a crowd that wasn't really following the product at the time, which we'll we'll get into with some of these matches go on because it's just like, yeah, kind of a, kind of a different, different crowd. Even for then, I don't think it, don't think it has anything to do with the era. I just think it has to do, I don't know what it has to do with, but. Yeah. We'll try to dissect that. Uh, so this show, weirdly enough, kicks off with an angle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just which I just hate. Triple H coming out. And you know me, I don't like villain authority. I cannot stand villain authority. Stay in the back. I hate it. Well, this is why we got sick of it because this was years. Years yeah. of this. And. Yeah. Uh, but uh, he comes out, makes it known that he's the boss and all that. So, you know, you're, you're, you know, typical thing. And this whole thing, I guess it was just to fill time as I'm, like, looking at it. Like, but you could have made the show 20 minutes shorter without yeah, any we'll of get this. I don't see what the point was. Uh, Heyman comes out. serious time issues in this show. Heyman comes out with Curtis Axel. Heyman's all stressed out because he's got to be in this uh, two-on-one match with with Punk. Uh, Him and Curtis Axel against Punk. Yes, they do the whole thing where it's like all Heyman can't sleep. And I briefly remember this. I mean, I was watching at the time. Were you watching at the time? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, we were both both pretty current. Um, Yeah, Yeah, because I had a huge problem with this. Can I? Can we just stop here? I want to get your opinion okay. on Curtis Axel. Okay. Oh my gosh. You're right. I couldn't now, help. Curtis Axel at this time had a little thing and he went on to have, do some fun. I enjoyed some of his later stuff, B Team and Ms. Taraj. I enjoyed that fun stuff. Okay. B Team was awesome. I enjoyed them a lot. But when he was first announced, when Heyman brought him out and said, This is Curtis Axel. Okay? Were you disappointed? Um at the name change or what? Just like Na- yes. Yes. I mean, I thought it was better than Michael McGillicuddy or whatever he was going by before that. <laughs> okay. Cuz that was a terrible Paul- name. Yes, that was a terrible name. I, I totally forgot about that. Don't I bad. wish they would have just made him Joe Hennig. Joe yeah. Hennig, that's right. Right. He should have 
especially with Paul right. Hammond bringing him out. I was like, you know? yes, this is it. And then he's like, Curtis Axel. And I was like, okay. So you took, and I looked this up, you took his middle name, which was, you know, that's cool. Right. And then you took his, his grandpa's moniker. Right. And it's like, why? Just give him Joe the perfect son Hennig or something like that. You know. And then and then he never uh, anyway. I had I've had a problem with Curtis Axel from the beginning. Maybe Axel Henning would have been better even. I mean Yeah. Yeah, Joe uh, Joe the Axe Henning something. Right. It would have been awesome. The uh, perfect axe, that doesn't sound cool, but something. Uh, anyway. Yes, seeing him come out here with Heyman, it's just like, wow, this was that brief moment of time where they were, like, trying to make him a guy. Yeah. You know, which is just weird. Yeah. Um, but the weird thing for me is, um, now, correct me if I'm wrong, but was Mr. Perfect ever more than a mid-card guy? Was he ever a main eventer? Technically, no, but yeah, technically, yes. He was yes just a no. high, high mid-card, right? Well... I mean, he's like, if you think about it, I could be wrong, but... I think when, if we, if I pull up the mental roll the deck, what I want to say is, is that he was, um, the only, the, the first actual main event he was supposed to have... In WWE, he actually got hurt or whatever before, and they had to replace him with uh, Razor. Right? It was supposed to be okay. him, supposed to be him and Flair against Macho and Warrior. I think it was. And, so in a tag team. Right, and they had to. It was a tag team main event. They had to replace. They had to replace him with Razor, and I think they had to replace Warrior with someone else as well. So, like, the original yeah. plan was completely off. So that's early 90s. That was, like, 92, I want to say, yes. Yeah. 92 or 93. Okay. 93, actually. Yeah. That would have been 93. And then I think, technically, he may have main-evented uh, a WCW pay-per-view or two by circumstance, somehow either in a tag match or I think, I don't know if but he was he in was the never, main event. In a war games, maybe technically. Um, he would main event, uh, you know, nitros and stuff. So, I mean, if you count that, you know what I mean? What I'm, what I'm thinking, what I was thinking about when I was watching him and he is the Intercontinental Champion, Mr. Perfect won the Intercontinental title. And the U.S. title, I'm almost positive. Yes. But he was never like. He was I'd never like the world champion. How many world championship even matches that he got? I wonder how many world champion matches that he got in his career. I think he got like the, shots at the belt. Right. That'd be interesting to see. I mean, yeah. Beyond. I'd like to go back and look at that. I don't even know. And I mean, I, I feel like such a such a fish for not knowing this off the top of my head, but I don't even know because if AWA he was the champion. I think he was, though. I think it was AWA champion, but that's it. Yeah, 
I'm just saying, like, uh, as popular and how as revered as he is now, I'm like he was 60, never 40, he was AWA champion. Yeah. Just saying, like, there's guys, um, there's guys who are revered now as, like, the greats, you know what I mean? But who never were the guy. And I think that Mr. Perfect, Kurt Henning, was, is definitely in that list. He might and be the top son, of that class, yeah. Yeah, his son was a mid-card guy, turned into a joke guy, but um, anyway. Isn't he a producer now? Uh, He's a well, producer for uh, well, them, right? Yeah, fired three months ago. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, like I said, uh, this this was a whole 20 minutes that probably could have been saved, but it leads up to Axel having to wrestle a second time in the night, defending his Intercontinental title against Kofi Kingston. And this was Jamaican, Jamaican Kofi. Kofi. Jamaican Kofi <laughs> Kingston, bro. I love it. it. As soon as I seen him, I was like, it reminded me of that time Triple H told him, hey, didn't you have a Jamaican accent before? Do you he's, remember that? He's. Do you remember that scene? It's like one of the funniest scenes. And Triple H is in the ring. There's like five wrestlers in the ring. Triple H has got the mic and he looks over at Kofi and he goes, hey, didn't you used to have a Jamaican accent? Right. No, and there was there's oh, also a video where he breaks the accent when he was supposed to have it. Back in the like what like later on, you know what I mean? Or not later on, but like it was I think it was before that. Where he, yeah, and they were like, Hey, wait, what happened to your accent? You know, because you Yeah. <laughs> but there yeah, there's a couple yeah, different instances of that. Yeah. Yeah, this is Jamaican Kofi before his uh, chest caved in or whatever the hell happened. Not judging, just saying. Uh, yeah. You, you know, just like, you you know, this was, he had a different, uh, different physique at the time and was still just a, a lower mid-carter. Yeah. Just kind of a utility guy, you know? Pre, pre new day, good, I thought. yeah, yeah, no, um, I enjoyed this. This, uh, this started out, I think, a little slow because that's kind of just Curtis Axel's style. But oh. once it once it picked up and Kofi started hitting his stuff and everything, and uh, then it got it got pretty good. After that, I'll say. Kofi did a spot uh, when they're on the outside where he jumped to the stairs and then the top and then did a like a really cool looking crossbody when right. they're on the outside. That was a cool spot. I enjoyed that. Uh, I don't know if you caught it, but uh, the ref called. Uh, there was like a you know one two, then the near fall, and Cole called the near fall, and <laughs> Lawler said. Oh, I had one of those once. <laughs> <laughs> and then JBL said something about it. Uh, it, I, it popped me for a little bit there. There was a uh, there was a lot of nice quibs in this show. Good uh, team, because you have yeah. kind of two two guys that can be funny 
uh, between Lawler and uh, and Bradshaw. Yeah, um, I enjoyed the commentary. Yeah, Bradshaw can say some funny stuff from time to time, and and playing off of Lawler was good. This was I, I like their team. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I had a question for you. I mean, dude, it's besides like I guess when the new day first started, maybe. But I was thinking during this match, like, has Kofi ever been a heel? Like, actually a heel? Like they tried to make them heels at first, right? But then, I mean, it yeah. didn't last long. Yeah, because they're supposed to be like this weird religious black. black right. Yeah, whatever it was at first. Or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, I don't think Kofi's been a heel. I think he's been he, a solid, happy yeah. face guy. He's never, he's never had a proper heel turn. Maybe that's still on the uh, horizon someday. Uh, you, know, you never know. Yeah, uh, I for some reason I don't remember Kofi doing the the hand thing like he's tuning up the band, or he slapped. His, I for some reason I don't remember that. Really? Uh, well, I know I, I I know he does the new Day Rocks thing now, but I don't remember him doing the tuning up the band by slapping his hands like that to do the Trouble in Paradise. But of course, he missed it. They. That's how you do. You have to miss the first time. Right. No, that's always... That's been one of his things. That's something yeah. he huh. carried I, on. Yeah, I don't remember that. But... Uh, remember the hands. You know, they do a good job of getting the crowd going, I guess, you know, but ultimately, uh, Axel wins, keeps the belt, heads into yeah, one of the... I don't remember his finisher either. It's like a weird neck breaker, dirty deeds looking thing, which when I say dirty deeds, we're going to talk about that later too. <laughs> right. But that was a weird finish. I thought that was interesting. You know, he experimented with a few different things. You know, for a while he was just using, I think his dad's, I think he was using the perfect plex there for a while. Yeah, and then he did this other thing. Like perfect plex. Right. Whatever. Who knows? Well, uh, they keep doing these polls throughout the whole show. Uh, that match went 13.56, by the way. Right. A hair under 14 minutes. Yeah. I thought it was interesting they kept showing these polls that uh, that they took on the website. Yeah. And they didn't cut these out of the show. Yeah, um, I didn't. I don't remember exactly what they all were, but I didn't agree with half of them. I remember. I wrote a couple of them down. This first one they showed was uh, Jericho as the number one Intercontinental Champion of all time. Oh yeah, that one I was cool with. I remember. Yeah, he was a good a IC champ. Down. Okay. Uh, then we get a RVD Ricardo backstage segment. They were together for a minute. Remember this? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Gosh. Yeah. Wasn't a fan uh, of it. What do you what do you think? I mean No. No, not a big fan. Uh I thought it was funny he was saying that in Spanish uh world champion was R V D. 
thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, you know, I mean, it was, it was what it was. It was a nice little segment and everything. But I just meant, I also mean, you know, just the the whole idea of it all together. I remember when they did this, and I remember thinking, why? This is never going to work. And, of course, they ditched it, like, pretty quickly. This is a very yeah, small spent, wrinkle in time here. I spent here. the whole, whole match waiting for him to turn on him, but he, he never turned. <laughs> right. I don't, <laughs> like, know, I don't oh. know if they ever did that. I think they just kind of, like, they did it for a while, and then... Then they just then he just left. Right. Then they just <laughs> forgot about it. Yeah. RVD left or huh. whatever the deal was. I don't know. Huh. Um. You know, it, maybe she could have had a little time to dig a little bit deeper into that mm-hmm. if I if I would have known. But uh, either way, uh, then we see the future Mrs. CM Punk backstage. Uh, yeah, this is, I wrote AJ Lee and others, because I couldn't recognize anybody but uh, Fox. So, and then she said Layla, and I was like, oh, shoot, that is Layla. Yeah, I, I noticed the other girl. I noticed Layla and Alicia Fox have no clue who the third woman was. Yeah, I couldn't recognize her. Is that that Oksana? Was her name like was Oksana it? or something like that? Is that her? I don't know. I couldn't figure it out. And yeah. I didn't want to rewind it to go get a closer look. So Yeah, I didn't really care. I apologize um, to unknown unknown third woman. This was in the middle of AJ's crazy girl gimmick with yeah. the Divas title. The, the Diva title is ridiculous. <laughs> the butterfly belt. Yeah, I don't like it. I thought it was ugly. Well, you know, it was what it was. Now then they show the poll of the number one Divas champion of all time, which was Trish. But it was funny that they listed, uh, like, all the old women's champions. And the Great Moolah. Like, Great Moolah was never the Divas champion? What the hell are you trying to pull? But I 100% agreed with that one. I even said Trish before they put the numbers on. I mean, if we're talking, like, that actual title specifically, probably, then Yes. Trish was never the Divas champion either. But if you want to throw, like, every women's champion ever into it, like, I don't know, then there becomes a discussion. I think it would be someone more modern, really, who I would vote for. Before 2013? Before 2013, what do you, uh, like, as the belt, or what do you mean, like, the best? Uh, Well, the the poll was taken in 2013, so if you're going from that day on... The best uh, women's champion would be, right. uh, I don't know, Trish Jones, mm-hmm. I think, would be the best one, in my opinion. Right. If we're just counting, like, the modern diva era, then, yeah, that would probably be the vote, too. I mean, I wasn't arguing. I was just saying. Uh, let's see here. What do we do next? Uh, they recapped this whole divas feud, which was nice to bring us up to speed on. This basically, this I'm was not happy with this next match at all. Well, I mean, this is just one of those thrown together things where they're like, okay, well, we want to get four girls on pay per view, and it was probably intersecting with Total Divas or something like that. So they just had to throw this on the show. Let me just tell you the things I did like. 
Okay. <laughs> uh, I'd like to throw out there that I think it's cool that Natty calls herself the boat. <laughs> the best of all time instead of the greatest of all time. Uh, I liked hearing uh, Funk is on a roll. Remember that song? Oh, Funk my gosh. Yes. I, I was like, wait I a minute. I'm like, is Cameron coming out? I'm like, no, it's Naomi. It's early Naomi. Naomi. I forgot Naomi was a Funkadactyl. Funkadelics, dude. Yeah. Uh, funk, yeah, Funkadactyl. Yeah, anyway. Yeah. Uh, Bella Bright. I'm a big Brie fan, dude. I wish Brie would come to AEW. I would Brie freak mode. out. If Brie yeah. Mode would come to AEW, I would be a huge fan. And uh, mm-hmm. I love Light It Up. That's such a good song. Yeah, it was Light a good era. Good era for the for the songs. Yeah, all across and I'm the board. A huge AJ Lee fan. Yeah, uh, for I sure. Like her. Uh, you know, I was in and out doing this. That was it. <laughs> the entrances. Uh, yeah, AJ in a four-way with Natty, Naomi, and Bree, like you, like you mentioned there, and uh, AJ ends up tapping out Natty. That's really all I wrote down. Because, like I said, I was kind of okay. half paying attention. I got two more notes here. Did you see uh, Naomi come off the top rope to do a crossbody to Natty? And then Natty just kind of fall? And uh, Naomi went over the top of her, maybe like six inches above her head. But Natty put out her hands to catch her. So I'm wondering if Natty fell early on accident. Or she fell early on purpose to, like, do the uh, reversal. But she didn't, like, um, she sold the stomach like she took a crossbody. And, like, didn't get up to, like, capitalize on Naomi. It was such a weird moment that, I mean, I wrote down looks almost botchy. <laughs> there, then, there was some clunkified stuff in here for sure and then the two girls i don't remember which two it was but they were laying on top of each other shoulders down commentary is like so shoulders are down why aren't you counting and the ref's just staring down at him they're like count ref i mean they're both down are you kidding me why are you counting and i'm like what is happening right now? Yeah. Commentary is calling them out. And then it's Natty looking down at the girls and look at the audience and the commentary goes, they're still down. And then the whole thing was for her to put on the double sharpshooter. That's what the whole moment was for. There was like a 20 count on the ground and the whole thing was for the double sharpshooter. Right. And even at the end, uh, JBL said uh, something. Someone said something about the match, and JBL said, "And the blind ref." <laughs> that match went five minutes and forty seconds. A four-way. There was a lot of stuff on here that reminded me of just like 
amateur hour, you know. Yeah, it's thickens. That opening segment and this. But then we get uh R V D versus Del Rio. Hold on a second. They went to the panel, the pre-show panel. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. Which was Santino Morella, Alex Riley, Booker T, and someone I call Drip. Have I told you about this before? No. Josh Matthews? Okay. Uh Okay. So one time on Raw... The commentary team was Matt Stryker and Josh Matthews. And Matt Stryker is like running down something on the card. And all of a sudden, blood just drops out of Josh Matthews' mouth or out of his nose. And he's like, like this. And more blood just like comes rolling out. And it's like, what the heck? And he's just like, like this. And it's like uh, the camera kind of moves over to Matt Stryker. And it's just like, what the heck happened to Josh Matthews? Oh my Blood gosh! Just coming out of his nose. Yeah, it was weird. So, you can so yeah. It. Josh Matthews bleeds on raw, uh, nosebleed on raw. It's it's on there. Oh my gosh! Yeah, so uh, me and my friend called him Drip for, for a long time. <laughs> drip, old Drippy. But uh, <laughs> but I just wanted to say, uh, Santina Morella and Alex Riley were on there. Oh gosh! So uh, ten years later, I have to say where they're at. Santino's uh, authority figure on TNA or on Impact, uh, and Alex Riley is uh, the rare breed Kevin Kylie on NWA. So there you have it. A little where are they now segment there. Kevin Alex Riley is now Kevin Kylie. Yes, interesting. The rare breed. Hmm. And Santino Morella, I'm not sure what name he's using, but I think it's like his real name or something like that. Um, you know, sometimes Riley. like when they were both kind of doing indies and stuff, I used to get Alex Riley confused with Eli Drake all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. I don't know. Weird. But uh, we now get... we got the world title match. <laughs> yes, world heavyweight title. Del Rio defending against RVD with his old manager, Ricardo Rodriguez. This is just one of those things that they just slapped together that really didn't make too much sense. No. Uh, just, to give the, just to give the match a storyline of some sort, I suppose, and... Yeah, because uh, like you mentioned, he he didn't go, he wasn't with him too much longer after this either. I so. didn't have much notes for this. This match did not flow for me. Um, All I know is, is that Alberto Del Rio is going to be a Dark Side of the Ring episode at some point here in the next couple years, probably. Yeah, yeah, he is for sure. You know, <laughs> Um, it's you know, this it match. The, the first note I wrote down was "Don't flow." It just seemed very, very clunky to me. It's like their their styles didn't match, or they didn't talk about what was going on beforehand. I mean, they knew that what they were doing, but maybe they just weren't like 
I don't know, maybe they don't know each other. <laughs> they just never talked before today or something. I don't know. It just didn't seem like they know each other very well. It seems you know I mean? to me that Del Rio, and I don't know if he had a good match besides like his matches yeah, with. Right, like a like when he was with like a superstar, he did pretty good, right? Like it seems like he had some okay matches with Cena. Um, I think him and Punk had some okay bouts. Um, I think him and Rey Mysterio a couple times is okay, but he wasn't able to like I don't know. It doesn't. He wasn't able to elevate someone else. He's one of those guys, right? He would work yeah. great with a, with another star, but him trying to be the main star and like the caller of the match doesn't necessarily work. I think yeah, that's what they just... were trying to do here in Van Dam. You know, I don't know. I mean, he was just kind of phoning it in, I think, at this point. I've always been a fan of RVD. I like Absolutely. his moveset. 100%. But yeah, I think at this point he was pretty much like he realized like where he was in WWE. This was like one of his returns, right? Like he was gone and then yeah. he came back. So yeah. he was just there to to make some money, man. You know, he didn't really um one of the things I wrote down was Alberto Del Rio did this thing like he was, it was almost like he was setting up for the Panama Sunrise. Ooh, but like, yeah. but then he just got, he came off of it and got kicked in the head. So it's like, I don't know, he was going to do something off the top rope or off the middle rope. But all he did is jump down like, like Cole does for the Panama Sunrise. That's all he did. He just jumped down like this and then got booted. So I'm like, I think okay, he did well, do a move kind of like that. Really? Possibly. I don't know. I'm not sure, but it was it was just really weird. I was like, you're not dealing with Panama Sunrise. Don't do anything like that. Hmm. It was weird. Yeah, I know. It's kind of hard to picture now that you mention it. Yeah. Uh, maybe the other thing he could have been going for is like maybe a double act handle. And then changed his mind, jumped down, and then got kicked in the head. But it just all looked really weird. So, take that for what it is. I think I missed some stuff, maybe, here. The next note I have written down after the Del Rio match is just, it literally says, Mizco Inferno with a question mark. Oh, yeah. So, was there anything? (laughs) Well, the finish, (laughs) the finish for that uh, Del Rio match was super stupid. Right. He just put him in the arm arm bar and then didn't let go after he got the rope. So he kept the title. And then RVD kicked his ass afterwards. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll get to that. And then Lillian announced RVD as the winner by disqualification. And then they played his music, right? Mm -hmm. Then Lillian said, but still the world champion, Alberto De Rio. Then they played his music. Right. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Why would you do that? Um, 
Yeah, then he was going to hit him with a chair, and Ricardo Rodriguez stopped him, and then RVD uh, did whatever, you know. And then he puts him in the corner, and R Ricardo Rodriguez holds the chair, okay, for a move that is called Coast to Coast, right? Mm -hmm. Where he jumps off the uh, one well. rope. Actually, actually, go ahead and say what you're gonna say, and then I'll, I'll, I'll come in okay. and see if I need to correct. So, when he jumps off the rope and he does a kick all the way to the other side of the rope, and he kicks him, that's called the coast to coast, right? It is, but it's not. If that makes any sense. That. Okay. But Michael Cole said Bandaminator and then doubled down and said Bandaminator again. Mm -hmm. What the Bandaminator is, is that kick that he does. And then when he throws the chair up in the air and they catch it and he does the kick, that's the Van Terminator. Am I right on those? <laughs> okay. My understanding, okay, the Van Daminator is the chair with the roundhouse kick thing, the spin kick. Yeah. Throw the chair, okay. the guy catches it, he kicks him in the face with the chair. That's the Van Daminator. That, the move, that coast-to-coast -coast move, it was actually first done by Van Dam. Shane, yeah. Shane stole it from RVD. Yeah. I know if yeah, RVD yeah. stole it from someone, but the first guy that did it was Van Dam, and it wasn't with the trash can; it was with the chair, and that yeah. was actually called the Van Terminator. Oh, okay, so, so that's the Van Terminator. Right, exactly. Yeah, so that that uh, that was the whole thing because he had the Van Daminator already. Like we had seen that, you know, he did that. Game. That was like his trademark, okay. right? But it was this thing in ECW where I, I don't know I don't know if he like said the name of the move beforehand or whatever, but he like I think he did. He like called it out. He's like, you know, pretty soon I'm gonna debut the Van Terminator, you know, or whatever. And like no one knew what it was. And then like that next pay-per-view or whatever, I kinda can't remember who he was wrestling. But yes, like that next pay-per-view, he did it. And it was everyone was like, "Holy shit!" You know, because like, oh, okay, because no one had ever seen it before. Got it. Was, it. It was super All crazy, right. but yes. Ah, uh, gosh. So his coast to coast was called the Van Terminator. Called the Van Terminator. He did it in ECW it. Right. in like '99. I want to say maybe 2000. Um, and then Shane did it for the first time in WWE at WrestleMania 17. Yeah, I was watching him on a AE on a Hey UW, and uh, he was saying that um, he was telling what's his face uh, R RJ City that um, that he was cool with Shane McMahon doing the coast to coast, and he was all right with it. Right. Uh, I did not know that that's what he called the uh, Van Terminator. Yes. No, so. they, they that the, the Coast to Coast is a WWE rebranding 
term, I guess. Got it. All right. Yeah. But I mean, right, then. as far as I know, the move was created by Van Dam, and that was originally the Van Terminator. Uh, yes, I agree with that totally. Yeah. All right. Uh, so yeah, we got that match went thirteen oh seven. All right, so we got a little bit of a trend here. Just you know, all these matches keeping them under fifteen minutes, give or take. Well, uh, no, did we get a time on the on the girls? Yeah, five forty. A five forty. Okay. Uh, this rolls so in. The to... next match was Fondango with Summer Ray versus Miz. Yes. And what and what happened was was on the previous SmackDown they had a dance off between Fondango, uh the great Kali, uh R Truth and the Miz just as uh Mizco Inferno. And he had the afro, and he had the like the disco inferno outfit and everything. He looked pretty cool. Bro, I hate to say. I wrote, it. Down, I wrote down Mizco Inferno too. I hate to say <laughs> it, right? But hey, I I guess technically the dance off wasn't on this show. No. Right. So it was, yeah, but they just they kind of showed it, you know. But it still kind of reminded you of it. There's. There were so many things on this show that, to me, were very, um, uh, that one promotion-tastic. It was, like, directly yeah. influenced. Like, I'm like, he's probably really watching the product during this time. And it, actually, I mean, we were working, I think, during this time, if I'm not mistaken, 2013. Were we doing uh... stuff at, by this point? I think we may have been. I believe so. No, wait. Twenty thirteen, I think, was the. I think all we had. I think all that was done at that point was the the Fourth of July thing. And then I, I think I think we started just after this. I think that the Armory stuff started in like November of that year, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I don't remember that. But I could be wrong. But I just, I, uh, when watching this match, dude, I just got to thinking, you know, Vince Fandango, man, you know, he beat Jericho bon, at, bon right. he beats Jericho at Mania, and uh, now here he match, is, yes. This reminded me about how good, how giving of a wrestler Jericho really is. You know what I mean? He put over Fondango in his first match at WrestleMania. And then what he just did for uh, Action Andretti. I mean, that guy has been in the business for what? He he just has 30th anniversary. Is that right? Yeah. Jericho? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, have he, you ever heard the story about that? Have you seen that? About what? Jericho tell the Fandango story. Uh-uh. Oh, okay. Well, just for, real, real quick, I'll just give this to you. Uh, there's this like real thing going around. It's like uh, one of those inside the ropes deals, and he's talking to like the crowd or whatever, you know, like during one of those uh, Q and A things. And he's he's telling the Fandango story about how he didn't want to do it when when Vince <laughs> told him that he was going to be wrestling Fandango and losing 
at Mania, he was like so pissed off. Oh shoot! And he threw like a big fit about it. And then I guess like he ended up talking to Taker, and he told Taker like how pissed off he was about it, and Taker just kind of like looked at him and was like, "What's the big deal again?" You know, like you're gonna, oh, yeah. like you know what I mean, like. And for I don't know, it was just like. Of course, he tells it, like, way better. But basically, like, Taker convinced him, you know, that, like, it wasn't a big deal and he's just got to do his job, basically, you know, just whatever. You know, if that's what Vince wants, that's what you got to do, you know? So, yeah, just, just do it. And it, like, just totally changed his perspective on the whole thing. Whatever Taker said, you know, he Taker pulled his, like, Yoda... Fucking Jedi yep. magic on Jericho, and then Jericho was like, "All right, it's totally cool." And then, and he still does it to this day, still <laughs> right. putting over young talent. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, but then here we have Fandango just six months later wrestling the Miz, which at least he's on the card, but he ends up doing the job on the PPV. Yep. So. Yeah, so there you go on that one. Um, let's see here. That's pretty and, much all. And I is. like his name now. His, his name now is Dirty Dango. I hate it. I wish he'd just be like, is it really? Johnny Curtis's real name? Why can't it be yeah. Johnny Curtis again? I don't know, but Dirty. I like Dirty Dango. He wrestles uh, for uh, I think NWA right now. Think, and Dirty Dango. I think, you know, um, he's one of the guys, he could make it if he reinvented himself. You know what I mean? Uh, a couple things I, I said about this match. Uh, it's a face Miz. Right? Isn't that weird? Yeah. I never really thought about it like that. But, yeah, you're right. Yeah. He was the face in yeah, the situation. Interesting. Um, <laughs> there was uh, The crowd was mostly dead. A couple weird chants. Like there was a the camera was on Summer Rae a, a couple times and one of the times there was like a very faint show your tits chant. Really? Yeah, yeah this crowd was garbage, man. Detroit, Detroit, such a rough crowd. Yeah, it was it was only a faint chant and it only lasted a second that that she was on the screen, but I heard it. And then there was a we want tables chant. And it's a regular match. And I'm like, you're not getting a table. <laughs> Stop yeah. chanting, we want tables. Yes. Yeah. This, this and then chant... there was a spot um, that I really liked. That this is my, uh, I only wrote down three notes for this match. Um, this You so, don't yeah. see this spot um, in, ma in matches ever. Uh, Miz on the is. outside you of know, the uh, road, on the apron. You got the Dango, you got the Miz. I can't remember him. where we were. Like, him, uh, <laughs> Miz wins with the figure four. Yes. At uh, seven minutes and 49 seconds. The match was eh. And Dango's <laughs> career is on the way out. That's yeah. the that's the moral of the story. Hey, and uh, the next thing I wrote down after that was uh, when they're showing the video package for the next match, I saw Brad Maddox. Oh, my gosh. Remember old Brad Maddox? Talking about a blast from the past. No pun old intended. Brad Maddox. 
A blast. Um. <laughs> a blast from the past. Oh. Oh, if you don't know who Brad Maddox is, don't Google him. Do not Google. Not Google his name. Or any other searchable websites. Uh, so yeah. we then roll into one of the main events here. Uh, technically, the Punk yeah. versus Axel and Paul Heyman. Mutton uh, Chop Punk. Yeah. Uh, this was a good look, the Wolverine look. Yeah. Uh, you know, and this was him doing his uh, thing as the, uh, well, you know, he wasn't in the title picture here. This was actually just before everything went to crap. I mean, this is literally like his last four months in WWE right here doing this. Uh, this final for some reason I didn't catch in the beginning that this was an elimination match. I don't know why that just kept skipping past me. That's yeah, that's why I kept yeah, that's why I was like, well, okay, well what's the you know, what's the big deal? Yeah, Heyman could just never be in the match, match, you know? Yeah. But yeah, I didn't I didn't get it that it was elimination for some reason until like Axel lost and then they're like Heyman's left and I'm like er yeah, Axel lost, and I was like, oh, "Okay." You're right. Uh, now he ends uh, up. Punk, anyway, yeah, spoilers. Punk, um, Punk gets his hands on him early. Uh, Axel takes over. Well, that uh, dive was awesome. The crowd falls out there like sulking, and Punk hits this dive <laughs> when he's not even looking, which I thought was kind of interesting. The crowd was demanding tables at this point. They were not going to have any more of it. They figured if they're going to get it, it had to be here. So they annoyingly started chanting for tables and God knows what else. There were so many chants. There was a uh, walrus chant. I didn't get that. What is? Uh, I think Punk mm -hmm. called him a walrus and probably in one of the promos before oh. this. Okay, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. God was no good. Heyman um, was pretty funny throughout the match, I thought. You know, Heyman's always money. You know, he did the thing. He grew out the five o'clock shadow, um, which I swear was something that they did recently during the, the bloodline angle at some point where he was like stressed out and they had him grow out his facial hair a little bit. Or something, I think, or maybe I don't know. Could be wrong. Um, there was a chair shot uh, when Punk did a dive on the opposite side of the ring from Paul Heyman. He did a dive on Curtis Axel, and Curtis Axel threw the chair up. Uh, it looked really good to me, but they, uh, the commentary said it was a glancing blow, and I was like, uh, I don't know. It looked pretty, looked pretty good to me. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. Look pretty good. Maybe one so, of those over anyway. oversells or undersells. Yeah. Um, yeah, it looked good. Punk ends up tapping Axel, uh, <laughs> and then he gives chase to Paul. Oh. <laughs> Paul finally catches him. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> he finally catches him, and he tries to hug him, and then the. And, Punk just starts laughing. 
then he whoops his ass with the kendo stick. And then you find out that CM Punk wrestled the entire match with handcuffs in his boots. Right. Yes. <laughs> Pulls out the handcuffs, handcuffs Heyman, beats him with the kendo stick some more. Everything hey, looks completely did, hopeless. Did you hear Heyman yelling, I'm tapping, I'm tapping? Yes. <laughs> I was like, what? Ref, can you hear him? <laughs> and then Paul Heyman's apparently newest hero in the brigade. Feed the, me more. The big guy, Ryback, shows up, does like a carrying spear onto CM Punk. CM Punk's whole backup. Yep. Into a table set up into the corner, so people got the... The table that they wanted because they called for tables yet again after that. Um, yeah, isn't it? Uh, it doesn't CM Punk like uh, hate Ryback, isn't that like a known fact that CM Punk doesn't like Ryback, or they, am I off on that? They did have other issues, they started working together, I guess it was during this. No, wait, they, they had worked together before that, I thought. No, I mean, like, right now, like, on, like, like, uh, personally. Are they, like, not homies, like, right now? Well, I mean. For some reason, I who, thought. Who, who can say that they're, that. who can say that they're really friends with CM Punk? You know, there's not a whole lot of dudes. Right. <laughs> right. So, I mean, take that for what it is. I mean. That match went fifteen twenty two. By the way. Okay. Yeah, no, it was fun. It was good stuff. It reminded me of simpler times. This was before. Yeah. We knew that, uh, you know, Punk was so unhappy as he would come to be there shortly afterwards, and uh, oh, leave and leave just four months later. And Ryback picked up Paul Heyman and carried him. All the way to the yeah, back. Right. <coughs> Excuse me. The zoom type, my um, friend. And uh um he looked like he was struggling trying to get Paul up and carry him. So from there we go into uh Dolph Ziggler challenging Dean Ambrose for the US title. I That's think it was uh match. I think it was the best match, uh, maybe second best match of the night. I enjoyed this match a lot. Dolph was really working his ass off. Um, you know, Ambrose probably at the top of his game really had something yeah. to prove at this point as well. Um, Peak Shield Dean. Yeah, I mean, this is right in the middle, smack dab in the middle of that Shield run. Uh, they were about a year in at this point, you know, Seth and. Roman had the tag belts. Uh, Dean had the U.S. belt. And Ziggler was just coming off of big world title win right after WrestleMania. But as you can see at this point, six months later, that belt's back on Del Rio. And here he is in a U.S. title feud with Ambrose. So, tough scene. Yeah. 
Yeah. When and you lay it out like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I was thinking uh, about, man. I was like, man, Fandango at Mania was a huge deal. Here he is losing to the Miz. And here's Dolph, who, you know, being at that Mania, I was like sitting there waiting for him to cash in that briefcase. And of course, I didn't go to the Raw after. I flew home, you know, the next morning. So, uh, you know, I missed the cash in. You know, I wasn't a part of that moment, which uh, kind of sucks. But yeah, probably one of the best caches yet. Right. Exactly. Yeah. No, I oh. thought, thought it would happen during the show, but it did not. Uh, Dolph does a. Uh... 10 count elbow which I don't remember them doing either the 10 elbow drops the audience counted with thought that was interesting a little something he was trying there for a while yeah um, and then later there. on he did a 10 count punch in the corner so I don't he just likes making the audience count I guess yeah <laughs> so He's out there doing Let's the famous serve, you know, because he's like, since I have the Billy Gun trunks, I should do the Billy Gun move. And he does the he does the famous serve better than the the guns do, the boys. Oh, see, there you he go. Makes it look nicer than than they do. So, and hey, also what I thought about is that we're gonna maybe see this match here soon, right? possible oh, that would be amazing we could we could see an yeah. updated version of this match um, um the rest hold that dean did was a straight jacket looking choke hold which i thought was cool right yeah. for a rest move i thought that was pretty cool Right, yeah, at least make, spice it up a little bit, you know, give us something more yeah. than just like your, your normal sleeper or something like that. Um, no, nice, quick, fast-paced, so they they made sure to fit in all their stuff, Yeah, you know, because they didn't get, I mean, what did this match finish at? 9.37. See, there you go. I mean, we only got yeah. 10 minutes, let's book it, you know? Yep. Let's fit a 20-minute match into 10 minutes. Basically what they did here. He did the rake the back. Mock still does that. So right. that rake the back <laughs> thing is his thing, man. He loves it. Yeah. And then uh, he took a long time to get to the top rope. Mox did. Like, yeah. stood there, looked at, I mean, uh, Ambrose. <laughs> right. I'm sorry. Uh, Ambrose took a long time to get to the top. And Dolph comes and hits a huge Avalanche X Factor. It looked amazing. Dolph Ziggler is Dolph Ziggler is the best. Excuse me. Yeah. Got Dolph so Ziggler's excited the, the earpiece came out, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Amazing. So then we... the best thing happens ever. Ambrose yeah. hits. The original Dirty Deeds. Yes. Do you remember that one? With the, it's like uh, he he has them hooked, like but he has the DDT. right. Yeah, that's that was the Dirty Deeds before 
he changed it to the double underhook DDT. Right. It was he would just grab him by to the, the head. Then, yeah. Yeah, he just grabbed him by the head. It was almost like the stroke, but instead of like a Russian leg sweep type thing, he just grabs him by the head and just falls forward, kind of. Yeah. Then eventually he was like, ah, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, when that disappeared and they started calling the the double arm DET the Dirty Deeds, I was like, wait a minute. You can't just keep the name and change the move. <laughs> right. that's, not, that's not cool. That's what Michael Cole does, bro. Sometimes I don't even think the wrestlers know it, you know? And he just takes these liberties on his own. So then we had the tag team title match next. Primetime play is... Against the Shield, Roman and Seth. Yeah. Uh, we got to figure out how we did that. Because there's a tag team turmoil match on the kickoff show. Uh, let's see here. Oh, so that's Eliminated how they got the first. shot. Yeah, I'll run that down real quick. Eliminated first was 3MB. And they were eliminated by Tons of Funk, which is Bros Clay and Tenzai. Oh uh, they're eliminated second by the Real Americans. Uh, the, let's see, the, uh, Real Americans eliminated the Usos third, and then the primetime players eliminated the Real Americans fourth, which means, uh, Darren Young and Tyus O'Neal got the tag team match against, uh, the champions, which is, uh, Roman Reigns with the chest protector and half blonde Seth. <laughs> that was a great look. I thought that look was. I the love half one Seth, man. The one question I did have about this match is since they came out and celebrated with uh, Dean at the end of his match, why didn't they just stay out there if their match was next? You know what I mean? Oh, they didn't. I think I fast forwarded it. I, they didn't stay out there. I don't. I don't believe so because the the first entrance I thought was primetime players, but I don't know. Maybe yeah. I maybe I miscommunicated. You know, I did a little bit of fast forwarding myself, and maybe I just missed it, <laughs> misconstrued it. it. But it seemed to me like they did an entrance, and it was like, why? But um, uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I got uh, I got two notes that I thought were interesting. Uh, I really liked the whistle stomps in the corner. Right. I thought those were really cool. Tyus O'Neill with the whistle stomps. You know. And then uh, Michael Cole said something that um, that really caught me off guard. I think I was writing down other. Or, no, I think I was searching online for notes, and I heard hot dogging caught up with the shield. Oh my gosh. I'm like, what? Hot dogging? Hot dogging caught up with the shield. Hot All dogging. Right. Hot dogging. Well? Uh. Yeah. So <laughs> we roll into this main event, Vito, and man. Uh, shield wins. Yes. At 6.59. Yes. Another quick one. Get the shield on the show. Get you know them to beat someone that you know is is it going to matter in the long run? 
which unfortunately was was the prime time play is. But uh, we roll into this main event. Completely weird paradox for me. So apparently the timeline on this, okay, we had Daniel Bryan finally winning the title at SummerSlam, which happened the month before this. But then they did the thing where, like, Orton came and cashed in immediately or something like that, right? They screwed him somehow. And someone, like, got the belt from him immediately. Am I remembering that right? That's how this got set uh, up? I think so. I'm not, I wasn't clear on that part. So then we go into this match, which is another Daniel Bryan versus the authority and, you know, and then he comes in. Plus player. Right. And then he comes in and wins. Yeah. And the crowd like, was dead for this whole show, and they came alive in this match. Oh, for sure. This they, was. Like they were saving all their energy for Daniel Bryan. This was the yes era. Man. Yeah. This story, this storyline made his career. I mean,. Uh, the American Dragon was amazing in Ring of Honor, and the, on the Indies, he was had his own career, but he was really nobody until this Yes movement. Uh, then he was uh, he, that blew up, and that's he rode that into into AEW where he's at now. Well, it just blows my mind that here, you know, he won the title for a second time here. Obviously, he loses it again sometime in the intermittent. And then ends up in the WrestleMania storyline for the belt. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's almost like WWE tried to make, to appease the fans by giving him these like little reigns, like, you know, during the, this period of time. And then they were, you know, of course, of course the plan was Batista, right? It was going to be Batista versus Triple H or Batista versus Orton or whatever was supposed to be the, the Mania main event that was penciled in. And then they ended up doing the, the Daniel Bryan thing. But it's just weird how they paint that as part of the history. And they don't talk about the fact that, well, he won the title twice, like six months before that. You know, like they yeah, they, they don't mention that part. And this was a good match, but uh, I, I mean, it's, I don't know. It was, it, it is what it is. Take it for what it is. It, it wasn't was, amazing, was a, but it was, it was a WWE made event. It was a caliber yeah. made event and you know, that's what they, it was. Uh, I like the flying goat stuff. You know, they called him a flying goat a couple times. Uh, the Drake DDT to the outside looked really brutal. I thought that looked really good. All the classic uh, a spots. Lot, a lot of hair pulling. There's a lot of hair pulling in this match. And Randy don't have hair. <laughs> right. so, uh, and the ending was weird for me. It was a very fast count. Did yes. you see that? Now, if I don't... Uh, I didn't really look forward. Because, you know, we, we just finished this before we came on. But, yes, I, I think that that plays into the story somehow. I'm pretty uh, sure okay. they come out on either. Raw, and I want to say that uh, Armstrong ends up getting fired 
for the fast uh, count okay. or something. Okay. And uh, right. and they end up, you know, doing whatever. All right, that match went seventeen thirty-eight. Wow. No, I mean that's. I mean for under twenty minutes. So, let's rate the show, and then I'll give out some numbers. That some interesting numbers. What do you got? What's your star rating? Oh, well, bro, altogether, I don't know if I would ever watch this show again by choice There's because no there was really nothing, there was really nothing to it. I mean, it was kind of cool seeing Daniel Bryan win in the main event, but I think we know that it's tarnished, you know, afterwards. It was an okay oh, match. Yeah. It wasn't a blow away one. No, the uh, match that only got me was the Dolph versus Dean. I really loved that match. It was a great I think, match. I think you're right. I mean, I think that that was, you know, probably the most interesting thing on this whole yeah. thing. What's jumping out to me is probably a two-star. This is like yeah. when you go to Motel 6, you know, and it's like, all right, <laughs> man, you know, like I'm comfortable and everything. But uh, it's yeah. not the it's it's not the greatest. You you wish you were in the 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 Hilton. Yeah, but, I think uh, I'll stick with two star too. Just just because giving it lower would be rude. Because I did get to see. I mean, um, that Fondango Miz match was good. I thought it was good, you know. But um, I think the crowd really makes this bad. I think that's what brings us down to two stars and not like three stars. The crowd made took me out a lot. That of was part of it. Now, did you notice at the? I saw at the very end, there was a Detroit legend in the crowd, right at the corner. Uh, you know, like as Daniel Bryan was walking out, uh, you know, the corner of the ramp there where you like turn the corner there in the front. You know what I'm talking about? You spot yeah. the Detroit legend that was sitting right there. No. No. If if you're interested, go back and watch. You can spot the one and only Violent J from Insane Clown Posse without the makeup. Sitting, really? Sitting right there. Yes. Very I large man. Back and see that. Have you ever seen him without his face paint on? Seen pictures yes. of him? Okay. You'll yes, you'll I definitely have. notice then. Yes. Yes. But yeah, for, I was like. Uh. Was that Violet J? And I had to rewind it. I'm like, yes, it was. I'm a juggalo-ish. See, there you go. I, <laughs> so that I, I, I thought I remembered that about you. So yeah, there'll be an interesting yeah, nugget for you to go back and look. Yeah, and I was like, okay, it was in Detroit. So yes, that was definitely Violet J. <laughs> That's cool. I'm gonna have to go check that out. Yeah. Um. Okay, you ready for uh, my interesting numbers? Okay, go for it. Okay. There was 32 people on the card, including Paul Heyman, Zeb Coulter, and uh, Ricardo Rodriguez, okay? Because Zeb was on the kickoff show. Okay. 13 of those people still work there, okay? Five of them, or five of those 32 people work for AEW. Three of them work for Impact. And the tag team champions on that show 
are now both world champions. Current world champions. Wow. In WWE. So that's my numbers. That is can, crazy, man. So a third of the roster that was on this card is still there, roughly. If we have thirty-two uh, out of uh, thirteen yeah. out, of thir- out of thirty-two, yeah. maybe not even a third because thirteen. Little, that's about that's around half ish. Half of thirty is now. It's 50, way less. So. It's way less than that. It's more like a quarter, I think, mm-hmm. is how it would work out. Because thirteen. Do I don't know, man. We're here to talk wrestling. It's some math. fraction that we don't know. All right. <laughs> um, uh. <laughs> yeah, there's a, I mean, um, there's a, something I wanted to read about Alberto Del Rio that I thought was interesting. Um, he uh, He's uh, signed a contract with UFC. He's their Spanish commentator in the UFC now. Oh, right, right, right. Um, he, so he's uh, technically a WWE employee. Holy shit, you're right. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Um as well as CM Punk. I mean, technically he is employed as an announcer for UFC as well. So uh, he is an Endeavor like employee saying. just like WWE employees are. Curtis Axel did work with WWE up until three months ago. Um, oh, snap, bro. Uh, Tensai still works there. Matt Bloom works with NXT. Uh, Tyrus, who was, uh, what's his face? Uh, Funkasaurus. Yeah, Brodus Clay, yeah. Yeah, Brodus Clay, that was his name. Tyrus uh, just retired after losing NWA title. He's now just a Fox News guy. Uh, uh, Fondango, I said he works at uh, in between NWA and Impact. Uh, Del Rio is whatever he does. Uh, Morello, Santino Morello is uh, Impact uh, uh, authority figure. Tyus O'Neill still works at WWE. My problem is that. Uh, he never became world champion. I think he could have became world champion. I think he's a big man. He's kind who, of funny. Who, who are you talking he's about? Got the Titus O'Neil. Titus? I don't think he got the fair shake. <sighs> and the fact that hey, he's man. in the Hall of Fame for just doing a, um, charity is kind of messed up. <laughs> uh... He's not in there for wrestling. And then the other thing, uh, there's I don't another know person if I've ever. I mean, but I don't know if I've ever seen it. But hey, if Jinder Mahal could be the champion, uh, then why mean? not Titus? And who's this? Who does look? Oh, uh, and Darren Young, the other member of Primetime Players, he is now working for New Japan. So there's a quick rundown of where are they now. So. Those are the hard stats, and those are the facts, folks. That is a super right. kick weekly rundown of Nine of Champions right. 2013. Uh, just uh, real quickly here, Vito, before we get out, Jade Cargill to WWE, what do you think, man? I'm ready to see Jade Cargill versus Charlotte. A lot of people want to see Bianca Belair. I want to see Charlotte. Oh, man. 
I'd rather her see her and Bianca Belair win the tag titles, if anything, as long as the curse isn't real. But I, I mean, I'd rather see her wrestle Charlotte. I'm down for that. Ready now. Hook is, it up. Isn't it kind of weird how Jade has now made her way over, and we're we're just in the wake of uh, the tease of Mercedes coming in to AEW. It's almost like they did a trade in yeah. a way. You know what I mean? Like they traded her Sasha for Jade. It's really weird. I don't yeah. know. That's kind of the way I think of it. Yep. But, uh, yeah, there was a couple other little news bits, uh, I think, here. Very interesting episode of Dynamite. Who do you think's in the devil mask? There's a couple theories out there. Have you heard these theories? I have. Yeah. I have heard the theories. The funniest theory I think is hilarious is that Adam Cole's inter- injury is a work. Right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I don't know. I like the one that everyone's going with. It that suits me. Kyle O'Reilly in the kingdom. I like that. I think either one of them, either one of them makes sense. You know. Yeah. Uh, I like Kyle and Riley. Kyle O'Reilly in the kingdom. I think that's fine. I think if that other big big thing happens, that would also be fine with me as well. So. Uh, or it I could don't be like something the, completely different. I don't like the people who are saying it's uh, the Bullet Club. Uh, I don't. I don't think that's good. Yeah, but that I would do probably like, uh, that. Probably be um, kind of a disappointment. Yeah, yeah. I dig. Uh, I dig the Kingdom idea. Yeah, I'm fine with that. If the other thing yeah. doesn't happen, I'm fine with that. Yeah. Either way. But uh, yeah. we have big, uh, big pay per view coming up this weekend. Wrestle Dream. Uh, so yeah, AEW apparently doing more and more of these pay per views now. This is gonna usher in, I guess, the new era of the monthly pay per views. So uh, we'll see how that does. I don't know, man. I know I can't really do it every month, but some of these shows, it's going to be hard for me to say no. You know, I'm having trouble <laughs> enough. Like, I'm really trying to hold out and not do this one, you know, but I'm like, ah, I want to, but then again, it's like, man, I don't know. Do trying we, to save uh, money for tickets to the Portland Dynamite. Do we want to run down that show real quick or? I think we're going to go ahead and wrap this up for now. I got to get kids ready for a soccer game here. All right. Full disclosure. We'll do, how about we review that show next week? Yes. We'll talk about the results of that show next week. One way or another, I will get to watch the show. Even if I got to pirate it, we will watch it. Ooh. I didn't say that. <laughs> what? Until next time, Big Vito T, give me some, my man, too sweet me. Give me some scissors. And we will see you next time. Peace. Peace.